reading is from Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to the end. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Shall we pray? Lord, open our hearts to receive you. May we know your presence among us this morning. Amen. Please be seated. So, I'm excited. Is anyone else excited? Yes, I'm excited. I can't wait. It's the 22nd of December. And you know what that means? It means the new Star Wars film is out. Yes. Oh, I can't wait to go and see it. I love Star Wars. I don't know if you've ever seen any of the Star Wars films, but particularly if you're a fan like I am, they grab you in the opening few seconds. A caption appears on the screen. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. And then, bam! The Star Wars logo appears against a background of stars. That great, thumping John Williams theme tune starts playing. And words scroll up the screen, disappearing off into the void of space, telling the audience the story so far and setting the scene for what's to come. I always think Matthew's Gospel opens the New Testament in a similar way. Just before the passage we just read, you get that opening verse. This is the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Then bam, that big long list of names in verses 2 to 16, tracing the family line of Jesus from Abraham through David down to Joseph. That long list of names, I don't know if you've ever read it, we've looked at it before, it might seem to us like a slightly weird and boring way to open the story of Jesus. But to Jewish readers familiar with the stories of the Old Testament, this is setting the scene. This is the story so far. These are more than just names if you know the stories of the people behind them. Each of the names has meaning. Talking of names having meaning, once the introduction is over and the action begins, 
the passage we read today, Matthew throws a couple more names and their meanings at us. First, he tells us that Mary's son is to be called Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus, the footnote helpfully informs us, always read the footnotes if you want to sound clever and knowledgeable. Jesus is the Greek form of Joshua, which means the Lord saves. This would have been quite a common name at the time, with many Hebrew children being named after Joshua, the one who succeeded Moses as leader of the Israelites and led them into the promised land. Through Joshua, God's people were saved from the wilderness in which they'd been wandering since gaining freedom from Egypt. But here, there is a hint that through Mary's child, God's people will receive an even greater salvation. Salvation from their sins. The second name Matthew gives us is even more significant. He says that the child will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. This is the first hint that Jesus is not going to be just like Abraham and David, people chosen and anointed by God to be part of God's plan. Jesus is going to be more than that. Jesus will actually be God. Emmanuel is not a name given to anyone else in the Bible. Jesus is unique. In his opening chapter, Matthew sets out what the gospel is all about. Here's the story of God's people so far. And into this comes the one who will save us from our sins, who will be God with us. Note that while the angel tells Joseph that the child is to be called Jesus, it's Matthew informing the reader that he will be called Emmanuel. Joseph doesn't get the full revelation of who Jesus is, yet. Probably just as well. That would have been terrifying, wouldn't it? Imagine being told that God is coming to live among us as a human being and that you will be responsible for him as a baby. Don't drop him, will you? I mean, it's quite a responsibility, isn't it? Which brings us to the other significant point about this passage. Who does God choose to look after his only son? Into what circumstances does God place the most precious baby ever born? And what does that tell us about who God is? God could have placed Jesus with anyone. Jesus could have been born into a rich and wealthy family with all the power, influence and protection that affords. He could have been born in a palace to a king like Herod. He could have been born into a family of religious leaders like the high priest Caiaphas or a leading Pharisee. But he wasn't. Yes, the genealogy at the beginning of Matthew's Gospel reminds us that Joseph is a descendant of David, a true heir to the throne of God's people. But it also reminds us that any claim he might have had to the throne died out generations ago, to the extent that Joseph is nothing but a poor, unremarkable manual labourer, a carpenter. Joseph has so little influence that he can't even secure a room for a night in his ancestor's hometown of Bethlehem so that his wife can give birth to her baby. Joseph is so poor that he can only afford the minimum offering required by law to celebrate the birth of his firstborn son at the temple. But the genealogy is also a reminder that God can work through the most unlikely of people and circumstances. At Christmas time, perhaps some of you are dreading spending time with that embarrassing relative. Well, the family tree of Jesus is full of embarrassing relatives. 
The point of the genealogy is not just to prove that Jesus is descended from the line of God's chosen patriarch, Abraham, and God's anointed king, David. It is also to show that the history of God's people is one of human failing and God's grace. This is the context into which Jesus comes into the world. This is the significance of the name Emmanuel, God with us. Because religion has always been about people trying to step up to be closer to God. But the message of the gospel turns that on its head and presents us with something totally different and unique. Here's God stepping down to be closer to us. To allow us to be with God, God chose to be with us in Jesus. So God doesn't choose for Jesus to be born into luxury or privilege. That's not part of God's plan. Instead, God entrusts the care of his one and only son to a young girl called Mary and her fiancé, Joseph. Luke's Gospel tells us more about the character of Mary. In Matthew's account of the birth of Jesus, we hear the story from Joseph's perspective. And we can quickly see the kind of person Joseph is. The kind of person God entrusted the care of his one and only son to. First, we see how Joseph balances justice and righteousness with compassion. When Joseph discovers that Mary is pregnant, and not by him, he is understandably upset. He knows he cannot marry her if she's been unfaithful to him. But he doesn't seek to inflict on her the harshest punishment available to him under the law. Instead, he's compassionate enough to want to avoid exposing her to public disgrace and decides to break up with her privately. He must surely have been feeling angry and hurt. But Joseph was trying to do what was right, both by God and by Mary. Second, he clearly has great faith in God. When an angel appears to Joseph in a dream and tells him that Mary has become pregnant through the Holy Spirit... Joseph believes. People are often sceptical of the idea of the virgin birth. Of all the miracles in the Bible, this often seems to be the one people are most dubious about. Perhaps because it's not difficult to imagine an alternative and more common explanation for an unexpected pregnancy. Sometimes I think people believe the lack of knowledge of modern science meant that people at the time would have been more willing to accept the notion of a virgin becoming pregnant. But it's pretty clear that Joseph knew how babies were normally conceived. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been planning to break off his engagement. Modern cynics might question the notion of a virgin becoming pregnant. But no one had more reason to question it than Joseph. It must have taken incredible faith to accept what the angel told him and take Mary as his wife. Particularly as it seems that other people may have been aware that he was not the true father of Mary's firstborn child. Third, Joseph responds immediately to God's calling. After the angel appears to him in his dream, Joseph wakes up and does what the angel had told him to do, taking Mary as his wife. This is the first of four occasions in the first two chapters of Matthew's Gospel where an angel appears to Joseph in a dream. On the second occasion, the angel warns Joseph to escape with his family to Egypt to avoid Herod's slaughter of the firstborn sons. On the third, the angel tells him to return to Israel following Herod's death. And on the fourth, he is warned not to return to Judea and so ends up settling in Nazareth. Each time, Joseph responds to the angel immediately, 
waking up and doing what the angel has told him. This is the kind of person God trusted to be the parent to his one and only son. God could have placed Jesus with anyone. But Jesus spent his first night on earth lying in rough straw in a manger because his parents couldn't provide a bed for him. As a baby, he lived as a refugee in a foreign land, fleeing the slaughter in the place he was born. He faced being labelled an illegitimate child because his mother had become pregnant before she was married. Jesus faced all of this, not in spite of who he is, but because of who he is. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He made his dwelling among us, among all the problems of humanity, to bridge the gap between God and us. And what he seeks in us is not wealth, education or reputation. He finds his home among those who strive to do the right thing, who have faith in God and who respond to God's calling. Amen.